0: radio this is abby martin and this is robbie martin welcome so we just did a pretty long podcast but we wanted to do another one because of the horrific events that unfolded in charlottesville virginia over the weekend um for people who who haven't been paying attention a, a, a woman 32 year old woman named heather hayer was uh viciously mowed down by a neo-nazi um, in Charlottesville, it was it was the scene of hundreds of neo-Nazis and white supremacists who had descended to protest the removal of a Robert E. Lee statue, a Confederate statue, and we're seeing this heated debate going on all over the, all over the country about these Confederate statues coming down. Yeah. So Robert E. Lee statue erected mm-hmm. in 1924. <laughs> Wait, you mean it wasn't after the Civil War that the, that the statue went up? Crazy. Um, so yeah these, these white supremacists came to they were just statue enthusiasts you know they just wanted to <laughs> statue just, enthusiasts. they were just really excited about the statue and they really didn't want to see it go down Robbie they were statue and history buffs so these people descended upon Charlottesville to protest the removal of a Confederate statue which shows you how childish and babyish these people are and of course antifa again um, showed up in the streets to confront neo-fascism like they do all over the all over the place and like they have been this whole time. And for people who think that Antifa just showed up on the map, they've been around for decades, all over the world. This is a movement that you can learn more about. Um, Democracy now just had on this guy um, who did a really good breakdown of who Antifa is, what they stand for and why they do this kind of direct action. But yes, Nazism has always existed. Um, It never went away. Nazis have always had free speech here and they, and they have these rallies continuously. But the difference now is that now they have a dog whistling leader who's um, giving winks and nods to them, Donald Trump.
1: And the difference now is before neo-Nazis were an extremely marginalized, um, obscure group, even smaller than whatever KKK contingent there was left in the United States, um, they were, they're mostly publicly shunned to the point where even when they do marches, you know, they get permits to do them and stuff, but people... It's not like they get like the townsfolk to come and support their rallies and people flying from all over the country to come support them. That didn't happen before. You know, it maybe happened like during the civil rights era, you know, back before I was born. But now there is not just these, you know, little pockets of neo-Nazis and KKK everywhere. There are these empowered, alt-right, white nationalist, like teenage age to like late 20s, young white men all over the country, who have heard this Trump whistle and who have been like ginning themselves up into a hysteria, thinking that the left uh, are the enemy, um, that women are there to destroy them. They're all like red pilled, is a term that is, is started actually. Mike Cernovich started from the red pill movement. It actually is not a white supremacist alt right sect, but it now has conjoined with it. So it's basically a misogynist anti women um sect of the all right that's now conjoined with the white nationalists and now you have this coalescing like you said of of the dog whistle (laughs) trump's blowing the whistle and they've heard they've heard the call um yeah most of those people in charlottesville weren't even from the area who were marching with torches to supposedly protect the removal of that robert e lee statue when it wasn't even going to be removed anyways
0: So crazy. And and a lot of these people are new atheists too. I mean, check out the Vice documentary. Of course, it was done poorly because Vice is so bad. So the journalist was really bad. There was, of course, no deeper analysis or really any description of who these groups were, who these people were, just kind of like an amalgamation of all these neo-Nazis and just kind of painted them with a broad brush. But other than that, it was very fascinating because it was the only footage that I've seen of that the actual march. Inside this, this march where they're chanting Jews will not replace us yeah. blood and soil, blood and soil. These are, I mean, come on, this is straight out of the Nazi handbook and there's hundreds of them and they're all holding these torches, uh, uh, an emblem of, of fascism and Nazism around the world, as we saw in Ukraine and elsewhere. But, but they're surrounding these people and this is where people get confused because they're, they're living on 4chan and, and, and watching a little bit too many Cernovich periscopes at bedtime but um, there were, like, very few students, peaceful, nonviolent students holding, like, a banner or whatever chanting Black Lives Matter, and they were surrounded. There are these images of just hundreds of neo-Nazis descending upon these students with torches. I mean, yeah. it is absolutely terrifying.
1: It's absolutely terrifying. And what's to me, what's partly terrifying about it is they are neo-Nazi white supremacists who are doing it like in a way where they don't think they're being overt about it. They think that they're like doing it somehow under the radar because they're not wearing swastikas and most of them aren't wearing like Nazi uniforms and stuff like that. But they're all wearing these like same weird matching outfits, like these tucked in white shirts, these khaki pants. It's like a weird new, new version of, um, of like almost like what Gavin McGinnis was proposing like months ago about doing like a mod fashion style for sort of the proud boys. Like he wanted to mix together like his, you know, tapped into like fashion culture and hipster culture with vice magazine to create some kind of like social fashion, you know, movement so they can all like look really trendy or something. I mean, it almost seemed like there was somebody who intentionally like wanted them to dress in this very specific way. They almost, they look like an army, but they're not wearing hoods and they're not wearing Nazi armbands. But this isn't, make no mistake, this isn't just like a bunch of Trump voters, you know, coming to do a quote unquote free speech protest. We already know that's bullshit. This was actually a step up from that, where this was an overt white nationalist rally called Unite the Right that was... Figureheads Baked Alaska and Richard Spencer were primarily the not the organizers of it, but they were the figureheads, the faces of this protest. Um, these and, and it's also worth mentioning that people like Mike Cernovich, Paul Joseph Watson, and these other people like Jack Posabiak, whatever the fuck his name is, they saw the turning point a few months back knowing that if they continued to call themselves alt-right, that they would be lumped in with the white nationalist group. So they sort of had this like falling out where they acted like, oh, we're not white nationalists, we're new right. So so, these, so this uh, rally was even disassociated by them. But then you see that all of their audiences that they've courted for, for years, really, like Gavin McGinnis calls himself new right. He doesn't call himself alt-right. But his Proud Boys group, that's a group that he founded, um, is split they were split on if they should go to the Unite the Right rally, and he acknowledges in a private Facebook post that many of the people in the Proud Boys are white nationalists, and the elders of the Proud Boys don't want them to go to that rally because it'll look bad for them. But if you're going to go, just don't tell the elders. Just go in secret. So he's, sent, he's admitting that like a large percentage of his own Proud Boys movement are white nationalists and wanted to go to a neo-Nazi white nationalist rally that was even too extreme for most of the people, most of the like you know, popular alt-right figureheads like Cernovich and stuff.
0: Yeah, and, and <clears throat> it came out before that Cernovich was paying Baked Alaska. We know that he paid Jack Sabayak and also that Laura Loomer dumbass yeah. for just you know running up and interrupting Shakespeare plays. So who knows how many other people he's paying. Well and so meanwhile, while they're shouting Soros pays these people, he literally is paying. And, and creating this little like haven of trolls to work on his behalf. It's very, it's absolutely weird.
1: right. And and the sad part is, he's not even the one providing most of the money when he's paying people. Even back, this is a really fascinating thing, Abby. Baked Alaska in a video when they had their falling out. Oh, when yeah. I he say, didn't
0: know of Chuck Johnson.
1: Yes. He's, he's, this is actually very, very revealing. And this is something that when I've spoken to Daniel right before about, I think it's very underplayed is that. Baked Alaska says he doesn't know where the money came from, if it came from Cernovich or it came from Chuck Johnson, acting as if Chuck Johnson, you know, is basically providing a lot of money for a lot of different people. That's insane. And is kind of doing it behind the scenes like he doesn't even want to necessarily take credit for it.
0: Tell who tell people
1: who Chuck Johnson is. Um, Chuck Johnson is kind of like um, I would say he's the guy behind the curtain and a lot of these sort of these alt right celebrity figureheads. He's the one actually providing them with information and and allegedly money, it now s- sounds like. Um, there was a lot of information that he was the one who actually organized all of the uh, Bill Clinton sexual assault victims panel for Trump's pre-debate press conference, that he organized all that for Trump's campaign. Um, so this is another guy who has had linkages to the Trump campaign. It's just that he's smart enough to know that his face being involved in it actually would hurt his, his ideas and his, what cause he's sort of fighting for. So he's actually done a smart thing strategically and has kind of sat behind the scenes. He even has his own crowdfunding website now. So if, if anybody gets kicked off Patreon now because they're a white nationalist, he'll actually take put them on his own crowdfunding site. Oh, nice. Now. Yeah. Nice. And um, he's actually an overt <clears throat> Holocaust denier. He's said... Th- he is. It's like he's... He's actually gone beyond most of what the the so called the quote unquote new right um, and he's actually still very firmly planted in this sort of alt right white nationalist anti-semitic realm
0: yeah and and going back to the new atheist thing these people hate muslims um, but but people who have been following us since the chris Kyle the the fuck chris Kyle meme um the reaction from those people makes you realize that these people are really a a a hair away from that kind of ISIS mentality and bloodlust, because what happened next is really, really revealing Robbie. Um, you know, before, before the tragedy with Heather Heyer, the night before, um, with that, that March with the hundreds of neo-Nazis with the tiki torches, um, the footage is, is really shocking, um, because people want to paint this as some sort of an equal fight that Antifa was starting the violence. Look, uh, you, you just have to look at what the clergy says, um, Tons of of different priests and clergy members were there singing this little light of mine. And Cornel West uh, talks about how Antifa actually saved his life. Um, He says that the the white supremacists by the dozens started plowing through the clergy with weapons. Cornel West says that if it wasn't for them, that they could have been crushed. Um, He says that you had the police holding back on one hand, so, you know, not doing anything to the neo-Nazis. And um, just allowing kind of these neo-Nazis to go after the people who were standing there. Police just always protect Nazis. They always have. And they just sit back and let Nazis do whatever they want. And also, you can see the footage. I mean, you can see the footage people were swinging their torches around. Like, I almost saw some guy almost get lit a flame. That was one, one interesting thing that came to mind when I saw that,
1: like, saw how many of them there were marching with torches, is I was thinking to myself, did somebody in this organization actually suggest that, um, you know, bring up the idea, like what if someone comes with like a can of lighter fluid or something? And right. unfortunately, that would look really good for them if that happened. Like if somebody, it's almost like they wanted to be sitting ducks on purpose so that they could be martyrs if it got to that point where, you know, someone, some crazy person wanted to actually go douse them with gasoline or something, it could have lit up like, Forty of them. Like well, and that's was. what they
0: do. That's and what burn they them do. them alive. Like that's literally what these people do. They instant people want to say Antifa instigates stuff. They create these rallies in these liberal hubs. Maybe not Charlottesville, but Berkeley, and they're doing another one, Berkeley in San Francisco, this yeah. month. The Patriot Prayer Group. um Basically, it's just an attempt to provoke Antifa yeah. into a violent scuffle. And then in Berkeley, check this out: a group is planning a rally called "Quote No Marxism in America." Where is that's it? gonna be gonna great. Be in, Berkeley? in, um, at Martin Luther King Park or whatever. So that that's happening because Marxism and Sharia law are the biggest threats facing Western civilization, Robbie. So surreal.
1: I mean, I saw that. I watched part of that Vice documentary, and what was interesting is the guy, some the guy that they're interviewing, got maced or like pepper sprayed yeah. twice in the face, and both times they're like, "Who did it?" And he's like, "I don't know." commies yeah and then he just like says commies like both times like it's such a crazy bogeyman like the amount of people that are actually like self-identified communists is like so fucking small in this country so for them to think that like like d- d- i guess that's what's so interesting is did they not realize that a lot of like regular even just like progressives and people who are like on the left would go to these protests like younger people you don't even like identify with Marxism at all.
0: That's what's like, so dumb about the the right wing, Robbie, is that everything is Marxism. Obama is a Marxist. Yeah, Obama's a secret commie. It's just it's mind numbing trying to talk to these people.
1: Yeah, I mean they've really gotten themselves into quite a weird, hysterical little bubble.
0: So what I was saying was just uh, what happened the next day, which is you know this neo Nazi comes barreling through the crowd. Using ISIS style tactics. And that's what I don't understand from these apologists for neo-Nazism and what this guy did, because I thought these people hated ISIS and, and hated Islamic terrorism and the tactics that they use of, of driving, you know, these truck attacks. Well, this is the same exact tactic. And then you have Trump coming out. So this is this is where it gets really crazy, because only one side committed cold blooded murder. So, of course, everyone's expecting Trump to come out and, and condemn neo-Nazism and condemn this crazy rally of white supremacists that ended up in someone being killed. Um, and he didn't do that at all. In fact, he just condemned both sides. Um, and after, of course, he came out with some canned response from all the pressure in his administration, he came out again and doubled down on the both sides. He said, what about the alt-left that came charging at, as you say, the alt-right? Let me ask you this. What about the fact they came charging, that they came charging with clubs in their hands, swinging clubs? Do they have a problem? I think they do. So this is him again, dog whistling to, to everyone who wants to blame or conflate the left as somehow as bad as Nazis. For like the first 24 hours,
1: his some a lot of his supporters, I saw them even in the 4chan poll forum. That's where I was actually gauging the response we're saying a lot of the same things you just said about I like, this is just like ISIS. Like what have we done? Mm -hmm. Like we should like, what have we created? Look at what this movement we created has done. And like how this is like actually gone from being like an internet trolling, like for the lulls to like, holy shit, like someone died type of thing. Like there was genuine posts like that all over fortune. And after Trump did this second speech saying what you just said, with those quotes that you read, it was almost mm-hmm. like his own, his own base that had like felt this in a real way and sort of had their own gut reaction to it had reverted to like the messaging that Trump was trying to say, like the next day, like they had gone back from what, how they felt and what they thought to thinking, well, no, it is it is like both sides who are bad. Like to the point now where there's actually memes going around saying like, I denounce the KKK for their racist and terrorist ways. I denounce BLM for their racist and terrorist ways. I denounce (laughs) Antifa for their race. Like that's the new meme. And Trump directly created the pathway for that meme to go forward. 100%.
0: Unbelievable. And then you have them saying there's this big conspiracy now. And I've been arguing with maybe a a lot of these people are just confused and trapped in 4chan and, and, and an Infowars feedback loop um but they think that the police stood down to somehow propagate this like fake uh fake um like left versus right paradigm right like that like that doesn't exist like these these two sides are fake they're both funded by soros and that the police stood down and let them fight and create this fake attack so Again, police have always protected Nazis. Here's the thing. Can you imagine? And and people who've seen the footage, just watch it. There's dozens, if not hundreds, of just, like, white militia dudes wearing, like, jacked up in camo gear, wearing AK-47s, marching around Charlottesville. I mean, it's absolutely terrifying. Can you imagine if Black Lives Matter or the Dakota Access Pipeline protesters were strapped to the fucking nine wearing guns and shit i mean with a it's crazy like packs of ammo all the dakota access pipeline people were crushed anyway regardless and they were totally unarmed and black lives matter the only thing that people can conjure up is the sniper who had nothing to do with black lives matter who killed a couple cops that one time and somehow conflating it with with the violence from nazis i mean i just don't understand the logic here Oh, and and I was just going to say really quickly that 20-year-old Deandra Harris, this is a perfect example. This guy got the shit beat out of him by poles, Nazis holding poles directly next to a police station in Charlottesville on camera. My friend Zach Roberts filmed it. Who got arrested? The woman who brought down the the Confederate statue. Not any of these four men, these neo-Nazis who beat Deandra Harris with a pole um who are on camera you can see their faces clear as day they have not been arrested they have not been charged so yeah i mean it's pretty clear who the police are protecting well yeah i
1: mean and
0: in the case of
1: this is the weird thing to me is like um these 4chan people uh you know like the the reddit crowdsourced investigations all these donald trump supporters online they tried as hard as they could to dox every single antifa person or a person who had like a black mask on you know early on during all these you know quote-unquote free speech rallies um and now basically they're you know the neo-nazis are being outed now um and being doxed and all that stuff and they're actually really really uh terrified of what their own tactics are doing to their own like side um so that's a really fascinating thing to watch is they're you know, they're they're fucking scared of shit because they're realizing that these tactics that they propagated are actually, you know, very powerful tactics. Um, The guy who the Antifa, I think he was like a college professor or a college teacher, I think, maybe at Diablo Valley College. Um, I think because they doxed him, like 4chan and those people, that's the only reason why he got arrested in the first place, for hitting someone with a bike lock. So, I mean... I think it's just a matter of time, hopefully. But yeah, these are Charlottesville police. So it's not like, um, you know, it's it's probably less likely that they're actually going to round up these people and arrest them for beating that guy.
0: Um, and can you, can you speak upon the fact that we've never really seen a militia movement that has been loyalists for a sitting president before like this?
1: Well, yeah, I mean... Militia movements have traditionally, even though a lot of them have been racist and anti-Semitic, even even with that, they have still traditionally been very anti the federal government, um, no matter who sits in the office. Um, So at this point in time, what's really interesting to me is all these oath keepers and a lot of these traditional militia movements and the people who listen to Alex Jones, who are very heavily armed and who may be part of militias are fully backing the president of the United States. And they, and they just think that somehow the deep state and Soros are the people causing all the trouble now and that the actual uh, federal government itself is somehow okay. That, that's a very strange thing. And that's very <laughs> dangerous when you consider that Trump is actually, he doesn't seem to be able to be reined in even by his own people. And I'm not saying, like, he's fighting the establishment. I mean that in the way that he's, like, a crazy egoman- egomaniac to the point where he's actually sabotaging his own presidency at this point. Right. By not exactly. even condemning, you know, like, it's just really odd, actually. The only person you can blame is him. Um, so, all I'm saying is that I don't think you can put it past him at this point to actually, if he it does get to the point where he's impeached – um, And this would be a very horrifying scenario, not if he's impeached, but what would happen if he decides not to leave and he tells his supporters to <laughs> come to the White House and, and bear arms to, like, protect the protect liberty. Yeah, of course. That the deep state yeah. is coming to take him down. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm just – like, I've theorized this happening with Alex Jones before. Right. Like, t- you know, picking up arms and telling his supporters today is the day, you know, that kind of language. But what if Trump did something like that now?
0: Bannon is so smart. Running Breitbart, you have to be pretty damn savvy of how to uh, package propaganda like that. And Trump is just so... I doubt that Bannon is supporting this. I mean, so who is? (laughs) Like Gorka? (laughs) I mean, who... Supporting the... (laughs) The two sides going out there and not condemning neo-Nazi
1: violence and murder. It's hard to say. Yeah, no, that's that's actually really interesting. It's like, it does seem like it's coming a lot of it directly from Trump. And he's just digesting some of the most hysterical, like, false equivalency, like, right-wing tabloid
0: media there is. Even in some instances, probably more tabloidy than Breitbart itself. And that's probably what it comes down to, is that he has insulated himself into just a right-wing media Um, feedback loop where he's just, you know, he only follows like 15 people on Twitter that are just all like praising him and like really like truncated babyish news cycles. And then he just watches Fox and Friends and then just gives gets that propaganda manila folder twice a day, showing him those lower thirds and the crayons and all the photos of him looking strong. So, I mean, I, I guess it's not too hard to believe or maybe we shouldn't be looking too much into it past that. It
1: reminds me of when he was on Larry King Live back in the 80s when the Central Park Five thing happened. I think it actually might have been the early 90s. Yeah, talk 80s. about this too because this is
0: crazy. It's just,
1: a, just an interesting Shows like, how racist micro you know, still. example of how crazy Trump is. So he generated this hysterical media campaign by putting an ad in the New York Times saying that we need to like Give. I think he's even said like we need to give the death penalty. To
0: no Central- death penalty. It's, and it was the huge text that said death penalty for Central Park Five. Or whatever.
1: Yeah, the, um, they were they were charged with rape. Um, these five young men. I think they were all black. And yep. they were actually found not guilty eventually. But Trump was wanted to like gi- like gi- gin up like the public outrage against them, and he was so high on this press attention that he was getting from it because he did like a press conference about how we should give him the death penalty um that he was getting like tons of press attention for it like negative press attention like it wasn't like the public at the time was like oh this is great that Donald Trump is doing this people were like a little bit i mean there was an alarm like why is he doing this and he went on Larry King live and Larry King is actually like don't you think when you're going out there and saying things like you know, that these people are animals, that you, that you hate them, that you want other people to hate them, that, that you might be, you know, disrupting like the judicial process that they haven't even gone th- to trial yet. And Donald Trump just interrupted and he's like, but I do hate them. Like I hate, but I hate them. These <sighs> so people what? are horrible people. It was just like, so he doesn't care. It's just so it's just so phony when he talks out both sides of his mouth, like the second press conference. He said that he wants to find out what the facts are. He, he needs, it's a very complicated issue and they need to find out what the facts are. But then it doesn't matter if a trial hasn't taken place yet or if it, they're actually innocent. He hates them and he thinks they're animals. And then in the case of this attack in Barcelona that happened a few hours before we started recording, he goes out there in a few, within a few minutes and starts saying it's a terrorist attack. Wow. So it doesn't wow. matter what the facts are. So it's just like his self-assured way of talking, his persuasive linguistic abilities, he, he just, he, he has no leg to stand on whatsoever. He doesn't care about the truth, just like all these alt-right journalists don't either. Like when they spread around a false, um, pi- you know, a, a picture of a real guy's Facebook account saying he's a Bernie supporter who ran, ran over all those people with his car.
0: But Robbie, your Newswire.com said he was a communist. Bernie supporter, do you understand? It's it's really really disturbing. In the wake of a neo-Nazi murdering someone, you still have these people talking about both sides, both sides, Antifa, Antifa, whining like babies about Antifa. Someone just got fucking murdered by a Nazi, and you are going to talk about Antifa? So I, you know. Tim was like, everyone's calling me a Nazi because I'm like calling everyone crazy. And I was just like, well, I think people probably are confused why you keep going on and on about both sides in the immediate wake of someone being slaughtered by a Nazi. Um, And then he brought up and then he brought up, well, what about BLM, the BLM sniper and and the Bernie bro Who killed congressmen? Yeah. So this is the gotcha moment. This is the gotcha moment from a lot of these people who are like, but what about this? Like, yeah. All right. Are you going to condemn the violence from that one guy who shot congressmen? Well, uh, oh, I didn't realize that that was, that's the other side. Was that guy Antifa? It's so, it's (laughs) such a,
1: a, a non, nonsensical comparison because, first of all, this, there, there are actually hundreds, if not thousands of Regular conservatives, I'm not even talking about neo-Nazis who are conservative or right-wing, I'm talking about regular conservatives posting things online talking about running over liberals with their cars. And memes, pictures of it happening, like cartoons of running over like Black Lives Matter support, like supporters and stuff. So I don't remember seeing any memes or regular p- progressives talking about how we should go start murdering cops. I don't remember that at all. I don't remember people talking about we should go murder congressmen um, or you know shoot congressmen. I don't remember those memes being made. So it's absurd for someone to even compare the two. I mean, clearly in both of those examples, these were not members of some larger movement or some larger ideology that they were using tactics from. But this kid with this charger um did acted out basically uh the exact imagery that we see on these conservative memes
0: and what's amazing Robbie is it's it would be one thing if it was just these kind of um the dark the dark underbelly of the internet on 4chan but what's amazing Robbie is this is being normalized through actual official sites like Breitbart, Daily Caller, and Fox where they were actually carrying an article um called here's a reel of cars plowing through protesters trying to block the road. And um and it's and the footage was set to Ludacris's Move Bitch. And it was basically like here you can get some tips about how to get rid of these libtards in the way who are blocking the road and it was just a montage of cars push quote unquote pushing protesters out of the way. So yes, it's it's definitely this meme culture of Um, dumbass conservatives passing around ISIS-style tactics and saying that it's okay to use them against leftists and libtards and SJWs, but it's also Fox News Daily Caller publishing this, encouraging people to run people over with their cars. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? I mean, the the disturbing part
1: is if you talk to a lot of conservatives in private about this... Um, a great deal of them would say, "Well, they were blocking the road. They were in
0: the way. I they mean, were in th- the way." This Robbie? is actually
1: real. What Abby and I are saying right now we're we are not being hyperbolic about what we're saying. I think this needs to be taken very seriously. You don't have to go far anywhere on the internet to on any political video, especially involving Democrats or you know, uh, you know, uh, Hillary or anything like that, to see comments advocating for killing liberals i mean Infowars talks about the start of the civil war on an almost weekly basis now
0: wow and we know that's what bannon bannon's whole thing is is blaming leftists demonizing leftists his whole thing is that 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 liberals and leftists from the 60s and 70s are what destroyed that golden age of capitalism so this is his jam dude this is what these people want so don't tell me to work with these assholes no i'm gonna work with the people who want to kill me and I don't even think
1: it's accurate to say that this m- might have been like a neo-Nazi murder. I think it might have just been like a cons- like a conservative con- terrorist attack. I mean, <laughs> like a regular conservative mentality, like boiled to the surface <laughs> terrorist attack. But I you mean, saw the I
0: guy, mean, I, but, but like, the guy was standing with the Nazi insignia with like the shields inside the rally. You saw well, that, Well, no, right? I
1: know. I know that. But I mean- what I'm saying is I don't I think it could have been any one of these crazy conservative people who isn't a neo-Nazi like it just happened to be this guy. I mean I think I really do think that this it's it, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often actually through the amount of memes and statements
0: I see online talking about wanting to kill liberals <laughs> and the protection from the top down now that you know you'll get a wink and a nod from the president himself of just being like both sides we know both sides. Yeah. We, we saw them hitting your car with bats. And this is another thing. Everyone's like, well, they came with bats and they were hitting the car with a bat. So first of all, this is like the whole dropping the nuke on Hiroshima. Well, they shouldn't have bombed us at Pearl Harbor. So let's just say that's true, right? Let's just say that someone hits your car with a bat. So, so okay, so that gives you carte blanche to run over human beings and kill people. That's what you're saying? Yeah. And it's not that true. Is- and it's not true because you can see the car, Zero dents on the car. Yeah. In fact, I saw maybe someone hit them with a bat after they killed people and and tried to crush human beings with their car. This this is the
1: danger. Okay, like even if you extrapolate that logic, this here's where lies the danger in the conservative media making people this hysterical about Antifa is I could even see someone on the conservative movement in their own bubble making the argument that, well, Antifa are terrorists – if an Antifa starts like hitting a bat at your car, then for all you know, they're going to try to like drag you out of your, their, your car and kill you because they're terrorists. Like totally. that's how warped their fucking minds are to the point where I could actually see even regular, again, regular conservatives being like, well, yeah, they're terrorists. They were getting attacked by terrorists. They didn't know if all the Antifa terrorists were going to come at them or just like the one guy with the bat. He was defending his life. Like, this is how crazy, this is how much of a frenzy these people have gotten themselves into. So, I think it's a way bigger problem than even just this, like, wising, I I guess the reason I bring this up again is because I think it's, it actually goes much further than just, like, a rising white supremacy, white nationalist core in this country. I think it's actually far worse than that. And it extends to just regular fox news watching conservatives who are and that's what's yeah who are maybe just casually racist people sure a lot of conservatives are but they're not white nationalists and that's what scares me is like yeah this fucking white nationalists are scary but like i mean and yeah trump is fucking crazy for like even not even condemning them like that he's like on a whole different (laughs) reservation but i'm more scared right now i guess of just like regular conservatives who apologize for this kind that's of shit.
0: what that's what I'm saying. And that's and so they're saying, oh, I'm a Nazi because, because I'm, you know, because I think Antifa is terrorists. It's like, no, you're but the thing is, when you're apologizing for Nazi murder or for this murder, it does make you seem like you are a neo-Nazi apologist. I mean, what does that mean? What does that say about you? So yeah. it is really dangerous. It's like they're the ones putting themselves in the slippery slope where it's like by by not just openly condemning just cut and dry condemning murder, condemning this asshole who gunned or who mowed down someone in a crowd of people using ISIS tactics. By not condemning that, it makes me think that you are actually closer to a, a neo Nazi mentality. And that's really, really disturbing. It's like, don't you want to differentiate between yourself and these people? Well, that's. It's very fascinating because I think that's part
1: of the problem too of Trump going so, taking such a crazy stance and even saying that, well, a lot of these people were fine people. They just didn't want this they like, monument They were good people, removed. Robbie. They, yeah, didn't they just didn't want this monument enthusiasts removed. That's insane because literally all those people in those outfits <laughs> carrying torches were white nationalists. The Mike Cernovich's and all these people who've rebranded themselves away from being all right they, none of them endorsed that rally. Like, it, that's how extreme of a rally it was. So, for Trump to say that is, is nuts. Um, and sorry, I just completely <laughs> lost track of what I was going to say. but No, I mean,
0: it's true. And, and let's talk about the monument argument because several people in the wake of this have said, oh, so you agree that these monuments are white supremacist symbols and that. You know, how dare you try to taint history? We need these monuments. We need these symbols to remind us of our history. And it's like, first of all, you don't see statues of Hitler at Holocaust memorials. Why is that? Because we don't honor genocidal maniacs and racists. Um, For some odd reason in America, we have dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of Confederate monuments and statues honoring racists and traitors who lost the war and tried to overthrow the government. Why is that? Why is that? Well, it becomes more clear when you realize that a lot of these statues were erected not after the end of the Civil War, but actually in the wake of gains made by African-Americans and civil rights gains. So a lot of these were a direct response to try to threaten black people in this country.
1: Yeah. That's I mean to me that's w- what's really f- funny about all of this is it's not like these were Confederate war monuments erected like right after the end of the Civil War. They were done in they were done like so much a- after the Civil War that it's cartoonish to even call them historical monuments. <laughs> This is the thing about America is we don't have a culture really in the United States. If you want to talk about like American heritage, most of the people who talk about American heritage also incorrectly think that America was founded on Christian principles. They mm-hmm. even wrongly believe, just like they wrongly believe that the Robert E. Lee statue was a historical monument, even though it was erected in 1924. They also wrongly believe that in, that in one nation under God, in the Pledge of Allegiance, was in the original Pledge of Allegiance, or that it was somehow written by the founding fathers, when in fact it was inserted into the Pledge of Allegiance far after the founding of the United States. Um, America wasn't founded on Christian principles. Most of the founding fathers were Freemasons who were actually deists, who didn't take the Bible literally. Um, So, evangelicals, and a, a lot of the people who are saying this are kind of more evangelicals, or sort of more simpleton Christians.
0: They don't just don't understand the history of the United States. Of course not. They don't understand. They think capitalism just happened in a vacuum. They don't understand that, that centuries of slavery um, extracting the wealth from free labor and also building on the backs of the genocide, right? Genocide and slavery are what caused America to become so fruitful. I mean, that's why capitalism was such a success here. Um, it's all one and the same. It didn't happen without the other, you know? And and this kind of ignorance of, of how slavery fits into t- to today as well. I mean, we should have statues of, of slaves, of symbolizing the abolition movement. Um, slaves freeing themselves from shackles. Why don't we have that? Because we're not fucking proud of it. Because we still have that same mentality, Robbie. Um, I just interviewed this guy named Gerald Horn, who's a historian on the KKK and and slavery and stuff. And he, he calls the 1776 revolution a counter-revolution because it was really to try to maintain some kind of neo-feudalism where we, were, we saw that um, Britain was moving away from the slave system. And we realized that that was a threat to our future uh, prosperity. So we wanted to move out of that It's worth mentioning that the founding fathers, you know, people like to say it's a sign of the times. They were all slave owners. That's not true. And that doesn't absolve them from being slave owners. Um, They were actually the biggest, most powerful slave owners in the country. A lot of them were lawyers for slaveholders. Um, Yeah, on top of the Freemasonry stuff. It's just interesting kind of how we paint these people and deify them too. This Vice documentary,
1: which I I admit was was very touching to watch as as much as vomitorious as I find Vi- Vice's style is. There were scenes in it which they got, you know, they captured that no one else did that I thought were interesting. I mean, they just happened to do it in their, yeah. with their really expensive, nice cameras of the guy saying that commies had maced him twice, <laughs> even though he didn't know. He admitted he didn't know who maced him. He just got maced in the protest Commies! Um, and they were screaming about Jews. And uh, even talking about how they'll ha- they'll they'd be willing to kill people if it came down to like a street battle situation like that, so that was all very disturbing to see. But what I thought was interesting is, um, I had remembered that Vice did a lot of coverage of Ukraine. I mean, we've talked about mm-hmm. this for a long time on our podcast, but I wasn't—I don't think I was uh, informed enough on Ukraine to pick up on this originally when I had seen it, which was uh, Simon Oztarotsky, um, the guy who's the host of the Russian roulette special on Vice. I think it went for over a hundred episodes. Um, very, you know, some of it um, was better than most of the stuff the mainstream media was doing in, uh, in Ukraine. I mean, it was more on the ground, more directly reporting what was happening there than almost any other mainstream media outlet. So It's deceptive in the sense where you think you're getting the whole picture because they're showing you so much more than what any other media outlet was really showing you at the time. But knowing what I know now about the Azov Battalion in Ukraine, which was an actual white nationalist neo-Nazi militia group that was officially sponsored by the Ukrainian army, um, that they actually uh, were, there was a part of the bill removed, an amendment was put on the bill, uh, basically banning any funding to the Ukrainian army from going to Azov Battalion specifically. So that that actually happened at the very last round of the times this bill was voted on. Um, I think it was John Conyers who actually proposed this amendment and actually got passed. So it's been known even by senators and house members for a long time that Azov Battalion is a neo-Nazi group um, that is actually embedded enough with the Ukrainian army that they could get money from the U S if we were ever to send them money or give them weapons. But vice back in 2014 and 2015 was embedded with the Azov battalion, showing them fighting off Russian separatists in Ukraine. And interestingly, there's virtually no mention in it at all about how they have ties to neo-Nazism. Um, there's one mention under one of the captions of the video saying uh, that Azab Battalion has been known to have tie, like allegedly have ties to neo Nazism. Um, and during the actual video segment itself, there's a <laughs> there's a really funny part where in the second time that they were embedded with Azab Battalion, uh, this uh, Simon Ostrowski actually does a little like one minute long monologue about how. Um, the Azov battalion has an unhealthy obsession with German military history. And they listen to (laughs) Rammstein constantly. And they talk about Hitler, which is part of why they're like so controversial, which is why they're deemed so controversial. And it's why the Russians have been able to say that the Ukrainian army is neo-Nazi. And he doesn't even address like the core allegation that, you know, that this actual group is neo-Nazi and there's even a part where he points behind him at their um, their military convoy, and he's like, "The Azo battalion behind me are about to like go to the Russian checkpoint." And as he's pointing, there's a giant SS neo Nazi logo painted on the side of the the convoy, and his finger is basically pointing directly at it. And he doesn't even mention it or say anything. Um, they show the 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 logos on their own, like on the patches on their arms that have the SS logo. Basically, it's one of the most extreme whitewashes I've ever seen of neo-Nazis in Ukraine. And not right. just because he's not mentioning it, but because he mentions it and like creates a straw man argument to deflect it like during the during both specials. And this is not the only two times he was embedded with the Azov Battalion. There were other times as well. And uh, so I just thought that was really fascinating because the the first time I had seen a Nazi torch march in color like a modern one was in ukraine by the Azov battalion so that's so that's what made me think when i was watching this vice documentary you know when's the last time i saw vice covering a nazi torch march and the answer is never but i remember other news outlets covering the Azov battalion nazi torch marches which look virtually identical um to this one that happened in charlottesville <laughs>
0: Why do you think that he was... I mean, that that's going so far beyond the pale of just, like, not reporting the neo-Nazi yeah. tendencies of the Ukrainian, quote-unquote, revolution resistance. But really, that is completely purposefully obfuscating it and misdirecting it, saying, yeah, they have this obsession with Rammstein and German history, but it doesn't mean they're Nazis, well, he's he's smart enough and
1: educated enough on the situation, and he's also of kind of a vice hipster to know the difference between genuine neo Nazism and like people who have an unhealthy obsession with German military history. So, I think he's he's obviously lying um, in that in that segment. Um, so it raises another question: Why is he doing that? Um, and the only explanation I can think of is that. There was sort of a, uh, and I cannot prove this, and this is merely speculation, but there was some kind of White House or State Department or U.S. government um, messaging or collaboration happening behind the scenes at Vice, uh, especially during their Ukraine coverage. Um, And I I just can't think of any other explanation. Um, So that's really the only thing that comes to mind for me. And I mean, we already know that Obama's, uh, one of the people on his staff um, is, it wasn't, uh, I think it was on, I'm trying to remember, I think it was his assistant chief of staff, Alyssa um, actually went directly from the White House, her old White House job, to being the vice chief of operations. Um, so I just find that very strange. I mean, we already know that there were, um, you know, there were a lot of times where, it seemed like the White House was giving Vice really good access to stuff. I mean,
0: Obama interview, the Biden interviews. um, So, I don't know. It's just so weird because of how extensive the Russian roulette coverage was. Like, I could see if it was maybe one episode and he was embedded with neo-Nazis and got caught up and didn't really actually realize that they were neo-Nazis. But, I mean, he spent... How many episodes were the Russian roulette thing? It seemed like he was there for months. Over a hundred, yeah. Yeah, so... So, so basically, we like to support woke Nazis abroad. So this is, this is the whole double standard with the establishment. Now, you see a lot of these alt, alt right dumbasses bringing this up, being like, well, where were you? You know, where were you when Obama was drone striking kids? That <laughs> now they're saying, where were you when Obama was funding Nazis in Ukraine? It's like, wait, so do you care about Nazis or are you just totally being a, a concerned troll asshole? Um, well, but yeah, yeah that's I mean, the, at, also at, the,
1: the th- problem with that.
0: You at, never at know. the bottom line, like they are right though, in the sense that, the establishment does not say a peep about backing Nazis and actual like al-Nusra, al-Qaeda operatives all over Syria, all over Ukraine, because they're the good Nazis that kill Russians, right? Um, so so those are good. These are bad. Um, so it is just completely hypocritical when you see Van Jones crying crocodile tears about how, how horrified he is by having Nazis on U.S. soil. Well, you're supporting policies that actually funds Nazis, um, undeniably so, but and it was and it was completely. Yeah. It's like this is to me one of the most
1: obvious examples of how our media here is propaganda. Is it's not even like they ran specials having you know roundtable debates about the Azov Battalion or anything. They just literally buried that story and ignored it. Yeah, buried it. 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 because even the Guardian. Because at first they tried to go ahead and say, "Oh, that's Russian propaganda." Just like Simon Ostrowski is saying in the special that, you know, the Russians are trying to say that the Ukrainian army is all neo-Nazis. Like he doesn't even address the actual, and, and it's like, why, how could it, how is it even possible that that many media networks can omit something so crazy, like so obvious? It's not like it's up for debate that they're Nazis. That's what's so interesting about it. There's no debating
0: that. <laughs> exactly. No, so how and, does that and happen? it's so I mean, obvious.
1: It, it really does speak to a level of like control in our mainstream media that, you know, like you would think that at least one, new, you know, news channel would do a little segment about that or something.
0: I mean, it's kind of the same as like the opposition in Venezuela. It's like, you know, no, no reporting whatsoever on the fascist nature, um, burning people alive, et cetera. It's just completely omitted. And you have yeah. to ask yourself, why is it totally omitted? Um yeah. I think... There's two more points to make about this whole thing. One is just talking about the the term alt-left. But but before we do that, I wanted to bring up just really quickly how right before this happened, the ACLU, which of course is notorious for standing up for Nazi free speech. And yes, the First Amendment protects Nazi free speech. I'm not denying that, um, the philosophy of the First Amendment. But what what I find really odd is that the ACLU felt the need to actually like file a lawsuit on Milo's behalf. And this is where I find, this is where I actually draw the line. Um, They don't need to do that. Milo has lawyers. He's rich. He's backed by Robert Mercer and, and you know, the Koch brothers and all these people. So why would the ACLU, why would I want to donate to an organization that uses my money for lawyers for Nazis? I mean, that's where I just don't understand. It's like, you can make a statement and, and defend these free speech rallies all you want, Um, But I'm not going to pay you if you're going to spend my money to pay for for Richard Spencer's lawyers. To me, it seems like ACLU was taking on a really controversial case to make money so they can make a point, you know, by like going out of their way to defend the worst speech so they could be like, we've defended Milo. It's like, great. Well, I'm not going to fucking donate to you anymore then. Sorry.
1: Yeah. And it's not even like, I mean, there's got to be. It just seems like some kind of like their version of ambulance chasing. Like, yeah, they want yeah, exactly. to latch onto a famous, famous case and then also maybe gain themselves some cred in the alt-right. I mean, this is the sad thing is I notice a lot of organizations and people in general, and, you know, we've talked about a lot of these phony progressives before on our, on our show about how they've seen that the alt-right is still sort of this like growing – exploding movement with all this energy and that it and it, it turns you know an account with only 20,000 followers into one with 200,000 followers within a year you know like that's that's powerful that's a powerful movement and i think people want like they they it's almost like they want to get their stuff promoted in that movement um that like because it's to them uh to them worth
0: it you know for that those clicks right. and stuff So let's talk about the term the alt-left because this is something that liberals have used um, to insult activists and leftists, anarchists, socialists, progressives. If anything, they're the alt left. This is what's amazing. It's like they've created this term to demonize us, to demonize anyone to the left of them, to the left of neoliberals and centrists. But really, they're the alt left. Like we're the left. They're the ones who are who have hijacked and co opted leftist language and progressive ideals to sell corporate control, oligarchy, empire, etc. So it's just amazing, you know, that that, that we have to point that out. But, um, you know, everyone from Neera Tandon Center for American Progress to Joy Reid on MSNBC to Donald Trump himself to now conservatives and conservative culture adopting this term, hijacking it and um, acting like it's somehow real. So good job, liberals, for creating this term that has demonized us and allowed conservatives to hijack it, to conflate us with Nazis. And that's where we are.
1: Yeah, I mean, just Donald Trump still has the ability to use things from like all sides of the political spectrum as like a weapon for himself. And in that instance, he just took something that the neoliberals have been trying to use as a smear tactic against the left, um, you know, and used it as a weapon to deflect his critics um, away. And I'd be interested to see someone like Neera Tannen and, you know, one of those people who have perpetuated this term to like, explain what he just did and like how it's dangerous and to actually be like yeah maybe we shouldn't have been doing this like have any of them even had like a a moment of clarity like that Um, because think about what he did with the term fake news where did that come from that didn't come from the alt-right or the conservative media first it's easy maybe now to forget that it didn't but it originally came from the Democrats and neoliberals once again they wanted to say uh, before they decided to land on you know whatever they used to decide that the Russia hacked the election meme was they're going to be their you know their main way to um to save face and act like they didn't really lose the election they first tried to say that it was fake news um that cost hiller the election and that russian bots were you know swarming the internet spreading fake news um you know about things in order to uh d- you know to promote Trump or whatever. And then Trump turns right around once he once he's decides that he starts, you know, decides that he's already hated all the mainstream media outlets that are criticizing him. He just turns around and starts calling them all fake news. Yeah. Which is a term that he learned from the neoliberals. It's the weirdest thing ever. I mean, you got to give it to him that he, you know, he takes things from all sides and just uses it as weapons. Just like yeah, when he kept and- talking about how Bernie was cheated, you know, in the d- yep. debates with Hillary. It's like, wow, that's actually a smart thing to bring up. Just like bringing up the DNC servers not being searched. But then he'll just go revert and regress into some weird, you know, conservative media tabloid rabbit hole um, and, 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 and like, you know, and say something really dumb. So it's like he go- oscillates back and forth between pulling smart talking points from all these different sites and just saying like crazy off the wall ones. you are like, what the fuck? Like, do you read that from, like, Gateway Pundit? Like, what the hell? Like, that's crazy you said that. So, I don't
0: know. Yeah, it's crazy that he has done less to condemn this act than actual, like, open Nazi organizations and white supremacists who are openly white nationalists. Like, they've condemned this much more than he has. It's just, it's just unreal what he has done to come out after that canned response and then to just double down on all of this. I wanted to read... um I think from the New Republic, just just a really good summary of of um, the alt right and the alt left as terms. Um, this woman writes, unlike the term alt right, which was coined by white supremacists to give their age old movement a modern edge, the alt left is an insult. Um, a graver sin is the adoption of a term that was created by conservatives to smear the left and discredit criticisms of the growing clout of the racist right. So that's a really good point that. The alt right was created by Richard Spencer to rebrand themselves, to rebrand this old racism into some sort of new trendy movement. Um, and it should go without saying, but let's just break this down really quickly. Democrats and Republicans, yes, that two two heads of the same coin. When people say like, "Oh, the left and the right," it's just both are controlled opposition. Both are just you know the same. It's all fake. No, that that's not true at all. Democrats and Republicans, yes, the two party system is fake, right? Those are two parties with the same interests, war, empire, corporate control. But obviously to have an ideology on a political spectrum, of course there are right and left ideologies. It doesn't make any sense when people think that like this is some sort of divide and conquer, like Antifa and Nazis. It's like, no, Nazism is like the right and the left is a very real thing. Like we all subscribe or ascribe to some sort of plank on this ideological spectrum like that's very real the alt-left was created to demonize activists progressives socialists the alt-right was created by these people to describe themselves to try to whitewash their racism the left does not promote hate crimes or commit hate crimes it does not strive for an ethno-nationalist or supremacist state it's explicitly anti-racist and feminists And a lot of it demands the redistribution of wealth. So to a lot of these people that may seem like terrorism, and it may seem extremely terrifying, these notions of like equality and anti-racism, but it's not equatable to Nazism and actual racism. So it just, I mean, it's sad that this even needs to be said, but the amount of people that I've been arguing with and like Neo Nazi apologists on my Facebook page. I'm just extremely alarmed that this has become normalized enough to the point where s- dozens and dozens of people are arguing with me that, about all these points and just echoing this baseless right wing propaganda that has essentially created this fear in the first place, this fake notion of an alt left that's violent and that's equatable to Nazism. And, uh, yeah, you're just, it's just like a self fulfilling prophecy at this point as these free speech rallies continue, Antifa will show up to confront them on the streets and then they're just going to create some sort of violent conflict. And if anything happens, well, I guess it's Antifa's fault.
1: Yeah. Well, they started it. That's what, that's the whole, that's the refrain you hear over and over and over again from these people. You know, it's kind of an ingenious strategy on the part of the alt-right because, um, because like you said, they came out to Oakland and Berkeley to bait groups like Antifa and Black Block Tactics, um, And they, uh, and they got what they, they got what they, they wished. I mean, they, their wish came true. And, um, and I think that unfortunately I still feel like even after this moment, it's not enough of a tipping point. It really isn't. I mean, especially when you see all these virtue signaling politicians and mainstream media pundits acting like, you know, they're so shocked. I mean, it's it's shock you know it's disgusting to see people like Marco Rubio and Bill Crystal, you know acting like they're con- super uh, condemning of white supremacists and Ku Klux Klan and neo Nazis when Bill Kristol was just talking a year ago on going around mainstream media networks saying how it's like a travesty to remove any Confederate monuments and stuff so all these people are using Trump's horribleness and the craziness of his followers to kind of position themselves into some fake moral high ground now. And that's also a genuine danger Um, because I think by the end of the Trump presidency, what we're going to be left with just like Obama was used to clean up the Bush era, the horrible legacy that Bush left and the sinking of the American brand. um, Donald Trump is going to do so much damage to the American brand in the process, if he keeps going forward, but it'll allow all these neocons and neoliberals and people in D.C. who are disgusting people in their own right to act like they're reasonable and good in comparison to Trump, so that by the time he does even more damage, they'll seem like they're on the center somehow, which is really disturbing. I guess to end this this depressing conversation we've had um is uh, that... About a, I think it was a couple of weeks ago um, that uh, there was an internal memo uh, that came from the white house that was leaked and the actual entire memo got leaked. And basically what the memo is saying is that it's an internal memo, apparently from the Steve Bannon wing of the administration. Uh, it says that uh, the Trump administration, this is actually quote from the memo is suffering under, quote, withering information campaigns designed to first undermine, then delegitimize, and ultimately remove the president. It continues, recognizing in candidate Trump an existential threat to cultural Marxist memes that dominate the prevailing cultural narrative, those that benefit recognize the threat he poses and seek his destruction. So basically, and then it goes on to say that the deep state is also behind these attacks against Trump. I mean, this is like internal memos telling Trump that the deep state and Marxists are coming for him, and they're going to try to take him out. If if your initial, if your natural inclination is to say, "What about Antifa?" when someone brings up neo Nazis, something fucking happened to your mind that fucked you up. Like it's it sucks. I know it sucks to be in a position where you you got yourself fucked up like that, but. You gotta <laughs> somehow unlearn that bullshit because it's really dumb and it's just making you dumber and more tribalistic. And yeah, the Nazi i mean, the media did was hyperbolic in the way that they, you know, said that certain people were Nazis or fascists. That doesn't mean that doesn't shouldn't change your view on Nazi Nazis or or white nationalists. I mean, it but should, how do it you even argue with these people on.
0: when they literally think that? antifa is fascist and that nazis are socialists it's like how do you even go to a
1: well those people i just those people are hopeless but i think there's an almost like another class of like more generic conservatives who will just bring up antifa it's like but what about the other side i mean after the president says it said it
0: right right
1: i mean i don't i think a a lot of those people aren't gonna go plumb those depths of like well hitler was a socialist like that's almost like another level of stupidity i think but we are dealing with more of like a mainstream stupidity um, that's also very dangerous. Like, you know, I mean, I, I just don't know what to do about it.
0: <laughs> right. We're all in this together. So we got to combat this narrative. And, and um, it's just hard when you have all these liberals uh, demonizing us, creating this term, and then to see it hijacked by the president to just condemn and conflate the situation is extremely disturbing because there's very few of us that can really correct the narrative in a, in the right way. Let us know what you think on SoundCloud, iTunes and um, yeah, that's it.
1: Just don't, uh, don't let the, you know, if you already think someone's a piece of shit and uh, you know that they're in the wrong, don't let them use Trump's horribleness to rebrand themselves right now. I mean, people like David Frum, Max boot, Bill Crystal uh you know joy reed i mean all these all these neoliberals um you know they like like abby was saying they created the term alt left and now it's being used as a weapon against not them not the democrats not everybody on the left but the actual left so uh just don't forget that as bad as trump is don't forget how those people are really bad too and uh and and if if we get through this you know without launching another war which would be a miracle if somehow we come to the end of trump's you know 4 years in office um and he and he's gone a lot of these people are going to move more towards the center the democrats are not going to move more left as a response they're talking about helping protest movements more you know of these protest movements against the white nationalists now but that's not going to necessarily i mean that's actually probably going to be a bad thing cuz they're just going to co-opt it so um yeah just stay strong in your beliefs and um, you know, and just don't let I mean, except for tribalistic beliefs. So
0: <laughs> Right, yeah, we gotta mix r- messages here. Get rid of the tribalism and nationalism and um and understand what's right and wrong. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. Get off of 4chan, get off of Reddit and uh just step back and think what would you do it could have been me it could have been you robbie my friend lee lee camp was standing right next to the car barreling into the crowd so if your first reaction is well what did they do to instigate it you have a serious problem it could have been anyone let's wrap it up um peace out everyone